Hey, Terry. Hey, sound monkey. Oh, geez, you did it again. I did it again. Hey, Richard. This is our first commentary-only episode, because the last episode was a lot of work. Mm. It wasn't possible to do commentary and all of this sound effects and sound design that the episode needed. Exactly. And we thought that would be okay, but we actually got some really nice comments. Some people said they missed the commentary, so here we are. Yep. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, let's talk about what our thoughts are about the story. And I'd actually like to talk a little bit about the sound design as well. Maybe do the story first and then the sound. Does that okay, sound okay, that sounds good. And then at the end, yes, we're going to kind of reveal what the next two stories are going to be. Yes, I have so, them written. They just need to be recorded and everything. But say it again. I have it. I always just. I just. I talked talk. over you. Sorry. No, I know you. I talked over you. I love you. I love you too, Terry. Okay. <laughs> just getting that out there. Um, so yes, the next two stories are written, and they're going to be so much fun. We still haven't recorded them and done the sound yet, but we do know what they're about, so we can tell you that. Okay. This was a hard-boiled... <laughs> dystopian love retro, story. Yeah. It had a little bit of everything. Yeah. Had a very Brazil by Terry Gilliam vibe to it, and I that, felt. Right, and that was because we had watched Brazil. Right no, before, I, well, think, I think it had the vibe beforehand, and that led us to watching Brazil. And then all of a sudden, all the pieces started connecting, and you're like, yeah, this is like what it's about. Right, and it kind of reminded me of Blade Runner 2. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did the... The hard-boiled detective voice. I love that voice, yes, by the way. But it, I kind of lost it in the middle because our recording was supposed to be just a read-through, but we ended up not having enough time to Right, we to had to use the read-through for <laughs> recording. I was trying to be femme fatale, and yeah, I think I lost that halfway through as well. But it was fun. It was really fun. And it was only our third episode. So we have thoughts. I have thoughts. Okay, what do you want to start with? Can I start with the baby? Yes. What baby? Exactly, right? What was the line? There were two lines. What was the first line? I have it. Oh, here it is. I found it. Uh, Okay. And honestly, oh, and honestly, Mrs. G, I'm sorry about the whole baby thing, too. The idea just got away from me. And it's like, your brain does a record scratch. It's like, what? Is that going to be called on later? You do. You want to know. It feels like a little bit of foreshadowing, and you expect it to come up later. Like, someone's supposed to know about the baby, but nobody knows what the, like, the AI doesn't know what the baby's about. It doesn't explain it or anything, which is kind of fun if you can get into the groove of AI stories. Mm -hmm. If you expect an AI story to work the same way as a normal story, I think it's going to be kind of frustrating or disappointing. I think about it, like, say, for example, your mother or your grandmother only listens to classical music. And you want to play for her like a really, really good rap song. Mm -hmm. There's no way you're going to convince her that that's a really, really good rap song because she listens with the ears of somebody who likes classical music. Mm -hmm. I think some people are going to listen to these AI stories with the ears of the kind of story where everything is wrapped up in a bow and everything is explained. You have to, I don't know, change your expectations a little You know, just go with the flow. Just enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. It's just you kind of grab on, and it's a roller coaster ride. And as much as possible, when uh, this story, I I was the one that kind of generated it and and wrangled it a bit. I do have storytelling in mind as I do it. So in certain places, I can kind of steer it back. I let the AI 
do the wording and and do what it wants to do. But I make sure that some points are hit and I let other things go. You know, I don't do a whole lot of wrangling, but just enough that it feels like a story. To me, it feels like a story, even though it is kind of open-ended at times. Stories to be satisfying need to fit one of the, what's the word for kimakteru? One of the set story arcs, right? Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to choose one. But inside that story arc, there has to be surprises and they have to come at a certain rhythm, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So the surprises that AI offers tend to be something that's ridiculous or something that doesn't actually fit, but it's kind of funny because it associates two things that you wouldn't really associate together. Mm -hmm. Or it says something just way out in left field and it kind of grabs your, your brain's attention mm -hmm. and you start thinking about it. You start mulling over like, what the hell could that mean? Mm. AI has a certain kind of creativity to it where it'll associate things together that I don't think a human would in many cases. To me, I think it is our human brains that listen to this or read it in my case or listen to it. And try to find the pattern in it. Right. It's kind of like looking in so a cloud. So the AI is not doing anything. The AI is just going in and taking information and saying this word and then this word will probably follow this word. And it spits out what it spits out. But us, the listener or the reader, take that in. And then as the story progresses, we find things to connect. So we kind of write the story for ourselves. What I'm really fascinated about and I'd really like to know is how other people take the story or how they interpret it. Because you and I are doing this and we listen to it and read it a hundred times and we have different interpretations. It's kind of like the way that our brains try to find patterns in randomness. Exactly. When you look exactly. at a well, that's cloud exactly. right. and you kind of see, you know, the shapes of animals and things like that, or there's a mold stain on the side of a refrigerator and a it looks and, like Jesus. Right, or the Virgin Mary <laughs> or something like that. And that's kind of what you do in the the randomness that the AI tends to spit out. But it's very satisfying. To me, it is how everything kind of ties together at the end, at least these, the ones we've done so far and the ones I have written that are coming out. Back to the baby real quick. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you something really freaky? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the story was generated like a month ago, and I didn't realize I wanted to put in the interstitials until recently. So your line that you just read about, yeah, sorry about the baby, the idea just kind of got away from me, which is absolutely hilarious because it just begs what did he do? What was the idea that got away from him? So that's in there. And it's never mentioned again in the original piece. I did the interstitials and I didn't plug all this into it. So I just set up the scene that the woman, Mrs. G, is in her room and she's decorating for Christmas. And it's just kind of her thoughts about the killing. In that, out of nowhere, I did not prompt this. It came up about a daughter. And then she goes, there was no daughter. And I was like, holy shit. It's almost like the so, AI knows. Or I'm just drawing the conclusion that that's... So what's your interpretation of that? I want to hear yours, then I'll tell you mine. Okay. Mine is, they were a couple. I guess they were married. They were very much in love. Whatever happened, happened. There was a child. The flippant 
the idea just got away from me. I'm just imagining, because this is, again, this is this child, and he's like doing, oh, uh, in Japan, takai, takai, up in the air, up in the air, or something like, like, I don't know, or dangling from a window or something, and something horrible happened. And at that point, the whole relationship just crumbled. And it was so traumatic that both of them just kind of blocked it out, and they just went their separate ways. My interpretation was when he went into the coffee shop and blew a hole into uh, Mr. Bastard or whatever they call <laughs> Danny. it. Danny. It was Danny, yeah. The kid was collateral damage. Oh, okay. And that's why he said, I'm sorry the idea got away from oh, me. Oh, the idea being... Right. Shooting. And then right, and then she blocked it out. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. blocked out the fact that the kid was also turned into a pile of goo because it was just too traumatic. That works, too. Yeah, there's definitely her blocking it out. You know, there was no daughter. But again, with AI storytelling, I like that how we can hear these just two simple lines, totally different, made at different times from the same AI, and we come up with our own version of the story. Again, so curious about what other people think. Okay, what's the next one? How about, there's so much in the story. Was Jackman part of the Revenant squad? I mean, there are moments in there. No, I don't think think so, because... There's a line in there where mm-hmm. he says, I just suddenly realized how badly I fucked up. Oh. Okay. So he came back to her and then he 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 got into a whole lot of trouble that he didn't expect to. Oh, okay. Ah. He just he just wanted her back and mm-hmm. he didn't want to have anything to do with the revenant. And now mm-hmm. he's caught up in it. Very well, good be. Mm. Maybe the government, the ones that have all the cameras, mm-hmm. they actually set him up to murder. Mr. Bastard and his wife, they were expecting him to wipe everybody out, and then the government wouldn't be blamed for taking out these two people who are part of the Revenant Squad. I like that. Oh. What? And something that backs up my theory, Mm -hmm. when he was yelling at the camera, Mm -hmm. and the camera says, Jackson, you fucked up, Mm -hmm. and Jackson says, I fucked up. You're the ones who fucked up. You shot up the whole room. What's interesting about that is when you told me that line, you had not heard the interstitial yet. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think about it. I didn't make the connection, but you said that. And then I was thinking about the interstitial, the first one where she says, you know, he walked in. So he shoots Danny. And then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. And she says something about, you know, he's dodging the gaze and they're they're shooting at him. So they're shooting at Jackman now, right? Wait, dodging the what? Gaze. She said gaze. Gaze? Yeah, it's, uh, it's spell, A-I- spell, spell G-A-Z-E. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so yeah, that's the way the AI said it, dodging the gauge. And I did think there was shooting, like there was shooting at him and he was he was trying to duck and get away. So when you mentioned that, I thought, oh my gosh, it came back in the interstitial, which again was made a month after the original story. Our minds or yeah. the, or the one, AI our, over, one, overlords connect it right. and make a story out of it. And I have a theory about the end, but do you want to talk anything? Let's, not, let's do a little bit before the end, because I have some other... Okay. Can I talk about imagery for a minute? Okay. So one of the things I really enjoy when I generate these stories is the imagery that comes up. One of my favorite images in the story is when Jackman shows up and he shoots Danny in the back of the head with the laser agoon. AI word, fantastic laser agoon. So what I did is I did several of these to see how the AI would play out the story, how, how the shooting would go. And if I didn't like it, I would redo. But I'd save it. I saved the first one. I saved the second one. I saved several. And then I went with the one I liked the best and just let the story go from there. 
So it started with, but you know, he showed up, his finger on the trigger, Danny slurping the espresso in front of me, and Jackson and me making eye contact, and the laser goon pointed at the back of Danny's head, and he pulled that trigger, and... And that's where I left it. So mm-hmm. then I let the AI go from there. And I recorded, I think we can play for you, a couple of the ones that didn't make it. Because you can see how the AI chose this direction, and it would have gone in probably a totally different way, a different story. But the one I chose, the reason I chose it is because of the imagery. And it's the whoosh went my hair, and so did Danny's, as we were lifted from our seats and sent screaming through space. That is so beautiful. And I can just imagine like a slow motion. The laser gun goes off, the hair goes up, the clothes, everything gets lifted into the air very slow. And then the next part is there to go around and around the room before we were sucked down some sort of death by laser shoot to the concrete basement floor. So that too. So it's all slow motion going up in the air and then you get sucked down to the basement and then there's all these strange fireflies and bears with their mouths sewn shut spinning around them. And that was just so beautiful. I had to go with that one. But the ones that didn't make the cut that we can play now were actually very good too. Much more gory. One of them was. Okay. Well, let's listen. How many are there? Two. Okay. Let's listen to those now. But you know, he showed up, his finger on the trigger, Danny slurping the espresso in front of me, and Jackman and me making eye contact, and the laser agoon pointed at the back of Danny's head, and he pulled that trigger, and Jackson blew his brains all over the bar, and the silence after, there was such, such a silent release from tension a sound, the raindrops in the chandelier, the clink of shot glasses hitting pewter trays. Jesus. Yes, maybe someone should have fired up a crowd to go wild and roar through our thoughts into louder and louder shouts with colors, red, whites, blue. Fuck. That was hot. But you know he showed up, his finger on the trigger. Danny slurping the espresso in front of me. And Jackson and me making eye contact. And the laser goon pointed at the back of Danny's head. And he pulled the trigger and bang! It blew a gash through his skull, severed tendons and bone fragments, ripped into the soft tissue of his brain and spinal cord. He fell over dead crumbling into a twisted pile of clothes that scattered the straw and the remnants of our fancy drinks. And I tried to scream out for help. That was so easy, because Jackson had already left the scene. No real rush here. Two seconds later and Danny would have been dead. Danny collapsed onto the tiles of the five-and-a-half-shot espresso bar. Blood splattered against the tile as he laid sprawled over his legs. Two bullet holes marked a direct line through his skull from ear to temple. Shrapnel blasted open the back of his head, leaving wet wreckage of exposed nerve endings, swollen bulb globes with ruptured blood vessels. His forehead wasn't dented in, but was obliterated in the short amount of time that it took me to realize he was down. I screamed, yelled for help, while I fumbled in my purse for the big one. My mother's Glock. So did you have a moment that you thought was especially 
beautiful or the ending. Okay. Because well, I have a theory about what really happened. So do I actually. So we'll get to that again in just a second. Um, an LOL moment was Jackman commenting about the cameras all through. He's like, oh, the cameras are watching. The cameras are watching. And then she whispers in his ear and says, yeah, I'm with There are cameras everywhere. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> what what cameras? What are you talking about? And you can like hear them moving and yeah. stuff. But he, So he knows about them. And for me trying to make sense of the story and make it into a story, I'm thinking, oh, he's just pretending for the cameras. Like, he's hamming it up for the cameras. Like, oh, I didn't know you were here, even though the narration that we hear in his head, he knows they're there, right? Oh, that makes, that also makes sense. Yeah. There's lots of layers <laughs> that come out. The more you read it, and we've read it so many times, it just gets more and more interesting. I just thought the AI was stupid. Like, the AI forgot that it wrote what it wrote, you know. It probably did. Probably did. But again, we want to make a story out of it. Speaking of AI being stupid, I think another hilarious moment was when the first time the AI spoke, the the big brother, and he taps on the microphone as this thing on, floored me. Because it starts out, you think it's this, this floundering, incompetent overlord or whatever, right? It kind of reminded me of The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Right? But the man behind the curtain, when you see who it really is, it's like, wait a minute. Not all of that, but the opposite, right? Because in the end, it was the AI, it was the big brother, it was the one that was talking that, you know, destroyed them. So it comes off looking incompetent, but actually not, actually quite powerful. And there was one thing that was kind of dreamlike that I, I really love it when mm. AI does this. The violence started out on the TV, mm. and before you know it, the violence is actually outside. And that's very dreamlike, where... Like you're looking at something and suddenly you're inside of it. Yes. I love that too, that you're right. That was, um, that was beautiful. And you did it very, very well with the sound. I had to listen to it over and over again and figure out how to transition the same way that, that the, the dream likeness of the story went. Mm -hmm. The sound effects had to follow along. A couple other really funny moments I thought are funny lines were love of my loins. That was cute. That was so sweet. Um, sometimes you need to fake things up. So she was, this is one of the interstitials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, sometimes you just have to fake things up. Um, let's invent new beginnings and make up our own rules. So there's just these really like lines that make you think. You're like, okay, I'll go with that. Can I talk about my theory of the ending yet? Or are you going to make me wait more? I want to talk about one more negative truth. Okay. <laughs> when our heroine, is it heroine? Heroine? Heroine. Heroine. Same as a drug. That's heroin. It's the same, heroin. Is it really? Heroin, yeah, that's why it's called heroin. I thought it was heroin. Har heroin. Or heroin. Heroin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right. Cut all that out. Um, another, I thought, was a very um, lucid moment was when she was talking at the end of the first interstitial about what's the best way to forget about something. You tell yourself it doesn't matter, so you don't bother remembering in the first place. That's true. It is it, true. It works. Yeah, it does. And if you can do it, more power to you. Can I talk about the ending? So for me... I guess that's a no. <laughs> I can't talk about the ending yet. Not yet. Can I just say that? After listening to the Terry, whole story... you're blue balling me, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can talk about it. Just one okay, second. Okay, I want okay. to talk about the... Okay, just really quickly. I think the entire story was a metaphor for life now, right? With all the video stuff and being on the videos and watching videos and... Videos are the best, right? 
the way that I interpreted that, like she's some sort of influencer online. Mm-hmm, I got that. And her videos are really, really popular, but they're actually secret messages. Yes, yes. And that's how she gets stuff out to the, to yes, the Revenant Squad. Yes, and she talks about the editing and all that other stuff. Um, I thought so too. So, and she said too, like, you don't know how high up I go, right? So that was another little nod to her being, because the first interstitial, she's kind of, you almost think, oh, maybe she has gone mad. And Jackman says, has she gone mad? She's got her Christmas tree up. It's Valentine's Day. So there's that whole, oh, maybe she's crazy. Maybe this is all in her head. But then there's these key points that get hit where you're like, no, she's she's actually very important on the Revenant squad and, and she's doing this thing. And that ties into my theory of the ending. Okay. Let's talk about the ending. Are you sure? Mm. Is there anything else? Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's my theory of the ending. It was a murder-suicide. Oh. Who murdered? Who suicided? She murdered him. Oh. Right, and it was her suicide. That she okay. lured him into the apartment, mm-hmm. and then she set it up so they were going to die oh. together. Okay. She did not forgive him. For everything he did, but she still loved him, and she could not live with everything that had happened. Oh. Isn't that great? That's good. I like that. I do. Mine was simply the lost child that separated them, the trauma of what happened, whatever happened. Oh, that was probably icing on the cake for her. Well, what, well, what I thought was that, so the lost child, the trauma, they separated. I think they were both in the Revenant squad. I think they were both very high in the Revenant squad. And this broke them. And she said, she said, Danny's one of them. So Danny's one of the, he's one of the government. He's the Gamma squad mm-hmm. or Gamma, whatever. And so he was sent to woo her, right? Mm-hmm. By the bad guys, right? You know, she's the rebel and he's the government. So Jackman killing him was a good thing. Anyway, so that brings them together oh, again. Then your your theory is the opposite of mine. Yes. I think it was they came together. They realized their love. Okay. They forgave each other for whatever happened. They, they're not going to mention the child. <laughs> they were together. And she says something about the eyes watching all the time. And then she's like, oh, my God, they can hear, too. So they had her number the whole time. And they maybe they were waiting for uh, Jackman to show back up so they could get them together at the same time. So that last scene, as mm-hmm. I see it in my head is they're talking and they're having pizza and they are writing their own story. We're going to have pizza, a red guard pizza, which is the funniest thing in the world. They're eating their pizza. They're drinking their cheap beer, eating their garlic spears. The TV is, you know, fighting. And he says the camera went to outside and there was a bunch of protesters, right? So I imagine that the military is coming in and they're just mowing down these innocent people with signs saying peace and love and don't blow up the world. And they're getting closer and closer and closer to the top two in the Revenant squad. Like, they were the top two. And then they go in, they just blow them all up. It's a little different. Same damn story. Hmm. So there was so much interesting going on with the sound. I mean, the story was one thing, but the sound absolutely made the entire piece. There was one sound in particular that was my absolute favorite, and that was the toy robot sound that I found. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, right, because that was like, that was the camera saying, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I locked that door. Yeah, I was watching you guys have sex. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you betcha. It did, and it, and it appeared in those moments when they were saying something. Yeah, that was great. It's like telling a joke with a sound. Mm. And it's like telling a joke in a different language, because there really is a grammar 
and a language to sound design. You know, th- there's there there's a time when you use a drone and it means something, mm-hmm. and you really have to learn the grammar. And different sound designers speak kind of different dialects of of sound design. Well, that makes sense. I mean, because you're it's you, yeah. it's coming yeah. from yeah. you, like, right? Th- there there are people who come from a documentary background or a movie background or a commercial background mm-hmm. or a music. A lot of a lot of sound designers come from a music background, and okay. you can hear it in their rhythm, in the way they tell right? the story. I listen to all these different sound designers and I try to understand why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm stuck with something I have to put a sound design behind, I think of, okay, well, what, what would this guy do? What would this person do? What would this person do? And I kind of try to pick one. Mm. And I try to do as little as possible, but that's me because my favorite sound designer is Brendan Barnes, mm. who does the sound design for... LeVar Burton reads, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he doesn't overdo it. It's right. not like there's a sound in the background all the time, constant. That's more of a documentary movie kind of approach to sound design. Mm-hmm. And I, I like his minimalist approach. Mm, I do too. So every time I use a sound, I try to justify it. Can I add that you like his minimalistic approach is coming from the guy who just did explosions and and, <laughs> and guns and... Incoming missiles. <laughs> <laughs> that needed to happen. It did. It did. It uh, because <laughs> what I love was like at the end, he's like, "I am so happy here. Right. I am eating pizza with the girl that I love the most. We've gotten back together again, and everything's perfect." And I just wanted the irony of the yes. sound of of everything escalating. And I also like that the sound did that while they are just concentrated on what they're doing, knowing they're going to die. And I think he knew it a little bit earlier than she did, knowing that they're going to die. And this, this, this just ramping up, ramping up, ramping up, you know, and then just tears in her eye. You know, he's, he's crying, you know, we're going to eat pizza all night long. There's not going to last all night long. And then she's, you know, videos are the best and just the sound envelops that moment. And then you hear the screaming missile coming in and, oh, you, you, you're laughing And you're crying at the same time. I love horror and I love comedy together. That's Kurt Vonnegut's, like, one of my favorite authors because he did that so well. And that's a moment that was total horror and hilarious because it's coming, you know, oh, here comes the bomb, they're going to get blown up. And they do. And then the echo. Well, in in that mixture of comedy and and violence, I mean, that's the whole premise of of Looney Tunes, basically. (laughs) True, true that. So, yeah, so... That's that's the other thing. Like, did they really die? Because this guy's narrating it as if it's something that happened in the past. I, this is something that you couldn't do in a book because if you are going to have the protagonist, the 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 first person narrator die, it has to be in present tense, right? I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and you die. So you couldn't do it in third person. But wait I a minute, think... Kurt Vonnegut did that what? in Galapagos. Didn't he do that in Galapagos? That's like the only book I read. Every one of his books, except for that one, is that a recent one? No, Galapagos was was out in 1985 because I was actually in Ecuador. Oh, when you and were I there. had visited the Galapagos just a few weeks before that book was Kurt actually Bonnet available. Yeah, and I think he was. I I don't genius. I don't remember, but the, the the narrator was way into the future when oh yeah when humans and dolphins had actually melded into one race. Mm. I was kind of disappointed. That, but anyway. Anyway, yeah, that's what wasn't one of his better books. Mm. Well, the Sirens, Titan, and 
Slaughterhouse Five. Thank you very much. So, can I just tell our inside joke? Mm-hmm. We talk about sound a lot, sound design, because I'm interested in it, and you're very, very good at it. And one thing is the, excuse me, ma'am, someone knocked at the door. Oh, right. Yes, that is our that is our, our inside joke of, of bad sound design. Right. You can tell it's the easiest thing to do. It's cliche. It's done so much, and we hate it. And yet, you pulled it off because because why? I don't know. Because the door wasn't a regular door. It was the. Oh, okay. Right? right. So it worked because you're expecting. Oh, I went to Mrs. G's door and I knocked on the door. No. Right. Yeah. She answered it immediately, and you're like, "What the hell? What was that?" So it kind of it was the absurd, the surreal, and I think it worked perfectly. Right. And it's funny that we we always yeah. make fun of. Th- this is this is my philosophy. If you say there was a knock on the door, you didn't need one of them, right? <laughs> you could either say I knocked on the door, or right. Either or, yeah, you, yeah. It, it's kind of like when people have a, a video camera and they're showing you their new house or whatever, and they point the video camera at the kitchen, they say, this is the kitchen. It's like, duh. Guilty. Right. <laughs> right, right. You're right. But it worked. And it was like one of the first sound effects in there. How about the music? Tell me about the music. All of it was computer generated, not AI. Mm-hmm. Some of it, did I use any AI? I don't know. I don't remember. Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. I found a MIDI file of Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Yes. And I took the first couple of notes mm-hmm. and I fed it into an AI model that, that um, it works just the same as the way that these language models work, but it works on music. So the, the prompt. Right. So you give it a musical prompt and then it riffs. Okay. And that's how I made, what was the line? It was about, it sounded like. Brenda Lee's rocking around the Christmas tree. Right. But, 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 but all wrong. All wrong. Right. And just as he says, but all wrong, it goes, it goes all wrong. Wrong. Yes. How did you do that? Or that was that's just, what it was. That's, that's just a, what happened. That's what I picked. It's the same way that you put a prompt into the AI model and then it gives you some choices mm-hmm. of what to do next. And so I picked the weirdest one to go next. And then I, ma- I made the, the rest of the music. So there were, I think there were two songs that were actually Smoke generated. Smoke gets in your eyes. Smoke gets in your yeah, eyes. That was right. the other one you did for the romantic part. Right. And then the songs that were used as the background of the interstitials. Those I just found by dumb luck that somebody figured out how to program in JavaScript the way that Brian Eno used to compose music out of uh, tape loops of Mm. different lengths. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you'd have some instrument playing on a tape loop that's short and then another one that's playing a little bit longer and others and longer. And they would all play at the same time at different speeds. Right. Not, not speeds, but at different lengths. lengths. So they would never... Change up, yeah. Right. You would never hear the same song twice. And I don't remember how I found it, but I mm-hmm. found somebody who did that in JavaScript. Wow. That first interstitial, the way it ramps up and the, just the tension. And it sounds like it was composed... Pur- right. Purpose. And it wasn't. It was just dumb luck. Now, yeah, it's not dumb luck. There's something about you and sound. And this has happened with the other podcast and all through the time I've known you. You're just like this magic boy with sound. Like things just magically. Ma- I'm like, how did you do that? How did you ever? And you're like, yeah, it just kind of worked out that way. <laughs> it <laughs> I just does. It does. slapped it down and it just perfectly matched up with that mm. scene and it changed. And holy cow. I don't know. I'm just lucky. You know, I've, well, let's not jinx that because that is beauty right there. I love that. And I can listen to the, say, well, the whole thing, but the interstitial too. 
And it just works me up. I say, wow, this is, this is getting, it's getting more tense. There's more suspense. Ah, it's great. All right. I think we've... I have one more question. Okay. This is really important. I was wondering, you know, you're so good at sound. You just, you just, you know, you do these things. How did you make my singing so bad? I mean, how did you do that? That was just luck too. <laughs> That's just, you know, it was just. Was, it was me, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. And I, I love, you know, and just. That's the, icing, the only part I can't right, listen to. The, the, the icing on the cake was that not only are you a bad singer, <laughs> I didn't but know I was a bad singer. You were also singing not with the song. <laughs> so I thought I was. Is this how? Is this how it feels? <laughs> to not to be live with so, you? <laughs> to not be self-aware? I thought I was singing quite nicely, and then I listened to it. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, so we promised you a little peek into the next two episodes, which I'm very excited about myself. We already have titles for them, more or less. Asteroid Annie and Asteroid Arnie. And you can kind of think of them as twin stories. So you'll be narrating one and I'll be narrating the other. And I think we'll appear on each other's stories as the other character. They have the same characters in them, but the characters play different roles. Yes. And I, I might as well just say it. I, I started with the same paragraph for yours and mine and just let the AI go and take it. And it went into entirely different directions. They are kind of intergalactical adventures. There's aliens. There's nucleotic phasers, and yes, there's explosions, mm. alien death. That's a trigger warning right there. They're going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'm going to have to bring my A game yeah. to <laughs> design the sound wave. <laughs> there are a couple of, so like, I, I'm making up a shopping list of what sounds I need, mm -hmm. and there are a couple that I don't know where I'm going to get them. Let's see, there was one scene where we have to drag two IVs across a, a floor and then a marsh... <laughs> Say no. Say say that again. No. Oh, say, say it again. Yeah, we don't want to give. We don't want to give. Oh, okay, okay. Away. Don't say. Um, well, let's hospital. Say hospital. hospital. Oh, okay. So I read this to you last night, and we were talking, and like, there's sounds we need to get from a hospital, and you were saying like we should just show up with our binaural mics in a hospital and masked up and say, hey. Yeah, I was joking when I said that, but I'm thinking, hey, wait a minute. Maybe we should. We we, we might be able to do that. I mean, you can just go into a hospital, mm -hmm. right? There's, there, there's not like chair. a there's there's not like a guard that says, "Why are you here?" As far as I know, I mean, it's COVID now. They might have that. And the last time we were in a hospital was before the the, the Corona apocalypse. Okay. So it might be like they stop you at the door and say, "What reason do you have to be here? <laughs> Why are you here? Oh, we're just here to record. Don't mind us. <laughs> Don't mind the, we'll the just, microphones and the headphones. How about the... we How about we walk in backwards and we say goodbye, and and they think that we're actually leaving. <laughs> I saw that in a in a cartoon once, Did and it work? worked. It, it worked. worked. Okay, yeah, well, let's it try it. Yeah. I think we need because we need these sounds. Yeah. Can you think of a way to end this? Thank you for listening. Right. <laughs> I'll figure of, it out. That's okay, okay. I can't I'll just. I'll, I, 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 I kind of, of like. Damn thing. <laughs> I kind of like the way that we've been ending these things, where we're like, we got to think of an ending. Can you think of an ending? Yeah, it's very Monty and like Python, and there's like, holy there's like grail. a pause, and it goes dun 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 dun. dun, dun. So let's just do that. All right. I think we're done. I think we're done. Okay, good. I remember the first time we saw Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and they ended with putting their hand over the camera. And me and my dad were like, "It's the best movie ever." What the fuck just happened? The first time we watched Monty Python, uh, it was on PBS, 
Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and oh, was it you too? Did you watch it on we PBS? We watched it on TV, yeah. No, yeah. it was on PBS. Right. And there were big, long pauses where there was no sound because they didn't bleep it out. They just cut the sound. Oh, okay. No, no, we right? heard it all. The whole thing oh, about the nuns where now it's oh, time yeah, for yeah. the oral and, <laughs> The oral sex. Right, right. And my dad's like, I can't wait to find out yeah, what, what they, they really said. <laughs> all those hot chicks. And <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> yeah. No, we heard it all. Because I think I remember asking, what was that about? Mom and dad saying, no. <laughs> Go to your room. Why on earth did PBS play that? Did, uh, did PBS play the other episodes too? I have no idea. Is, is that how it first came to the States? Was it on PBS? I just remember it was late at night and my dad turned on the TV. We're sitting on the couch and it just started and we're like, hey, what's this? When Riveted. When, when Monty Python was on TV in the 70s, mm-hmm. was it on PBS? I don't remember. I have no idea. I mean, who else would play it? Early 80s when I saw it. Yeah, it was probably early 80s. You're right. And they, they did the Holy Grail uh, as a telethon thing, <laughs> right? When they beg for money. All right, right, right. Let's go get some cheese. Sounds good. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Uncanny Robot Podcast, let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Please support this show and all our other shows by donating, subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or spreading the word on social media. I'm Rich Pav. And I'm Teresa Matsura. UncannyRobotPodcast.com has transcripts of all episodes, information on how to contact us, ways to support the show financially, and how to submit your own stories for possible inclusion in a future episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.